they're going to promote you on their social media pages too. So the big question is, what are top agents doing to absolutely crush it in real estate, grow their teams and add more transactions year over year while so many struggle? To get the answers, we interview top real estate agents to learn their secrets to success. Listen, we believe every agent should make a minimum of $100,000 per year and we're on a mission to make this happen. We've already helped over 100 agents achieve this with our coaching. So if you want to fast track your business growth, get to your first $100,000 in GCI or add another $100,000 in GCI using social strategies, then head over to go.eliteagentsecrets.com or you can just click the link in the description below. Also, just make sure to follow us, hit that subscribe button and if you get any value from this at all, please tell a friend and leave us a review. My name is Andrew Dunn. And my name is Peter Michael. Welcome to Elite Agent Secrets. Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Elite Agent Secrets show. Today, we've got Steve Kempton with us. In his 12 years in real estate, he has closed over 350 deals in just the past five years. Last year, 2021, closed 95 deals, 27.5 million, all with absolutely zero prospecting. Today, we're going to be talking about self-branding, co-oping, do's and don'ts, and organization. It's going to be some fire content from a solo agent who is fucking rocking it out in there in Philly, right? You guys were talking off air. Yeah, right outside of Philly, South Jersey is our market. Um, It's funny, my town, Washington Township, where I'm born and raised and, and live now, it's we call it a little South Philly. Uh, it's it's a lot of South Philly Irish and Italian families kind of uh, moved over to Bridge uh, when this town started getting built and boom back in the seventies, eighties, nineties. And uh, it seems like everyone's either has roots from South Philly, they still work there and just want the suburb life and travel over to Bridge. Um, so we're, we're twenty minutes outside of Philly, forty five minutes to Atlantic City. So we're it's one straight road connects the two cities, and we're kind of a third of the way in. <laughs> I, I love it. That is, that is literally my old, old stomping ground. My mom still lives in the area. I know exactly where you are. You know, when when we were initially talking off air, you had me in 95 deals, yet alone with the zero prospecting. That was a cherry on top that I didn't realize until Andrew rolled the intro. Yeah. What the fuck? I want to know how that's even possible because... <laughs> Zero prospecting. That's like a real estate agent's dream, but I'm assuming it didn't happen overnight. So we have to take it back to day one, 12 years ago. Take us back through how you even got involved in the industry. What made you decide to go and and tell us a little bit about your journey. What did your first year look like? Yeah, for sure. So I graduated, uh, born and raised Washington Township, like I said. I I lived here for 30 to 36 years, 37 years, however old I am. so I, my my new, my roots are obviously grounded here. Uh, my school, when I graduated high school, we were the third largest in the state. I graduated with over 750 kids. Um, and the freshman class was over 1,000. So just figure how many people are just naturally in my sphere. Um, from high school days, a lot of people kind of stay in this area. If they, if they moved outside of the town, one or two towns over, but everyone's kind of connected through social media, which is great. Um, I'm at the Rowan University, which is one town over, local college. Um, and then in 2008, when I graduated with a marketing degree in business, that's when everything kind of bottled out. That's when every business was closing up shop. They weren't hiring, they were firing. Um, and if I was getting a outside sales job opportunity on a salary, it was 30, 40 grand entry level stuff. Uh, I was DJing weddings, uh, corporate parties, events, things like that. Um, making more than that doing, you know, just on weekends. Um, so I, I couldn't see myself working nine to five for doing the same amount of money that I was making in two, three days over the weekend. 
So my parents uh, were retired school teachers, dabbled in real estate very part time and just said, why don't you get your license and see what happens? So I did that. And, um, you know, my first year I did six units, didn't really take it seriously. I remember I was posted on social media all the time. Who's going out and drinking? Let's fucking go party. This, that, and the other thing. You know, Philly's just fucking won the Russell area. You know, like I would curse all over social media. And I had this one agent said to me, he's like, dude, like people, people see that, you know? And if you're trying to build a business, you got to present yourself like that. And I never forgot from that day, I kind of changed my entire social media outlook and, and posting and way that I presented myself. And and doing that over the last you know 12 years now people don't remember steve the party crazy guy they just know steve is someone that takes his business very seriously and, and uh you know goes to work every day so um as the years kind of developed in real estate it was great it was dj someone's wedding called me for a house dj someone's wedding asked me to get them a rental then the the real estate got bigger the djing naturally just slowed down because they didn't have the time for it and eventually cut ties dj and i'd probably say five years ago um and then real estate just kind of snowballed. You know, it was 20 units. Then it was 30 units. I left Century 21 uh, with my mentor, Tony, who owns my the REMAX office that I'm in now. I went from 39 units to 62 units. And then from there, I haven't done less than 60 cents. Um, last year was 95. The year before that was 73. So all of it is just really just staying in front of my database, staying in front of my sphere, um, and posting, you know, relative content. I hate the the agent that posts out showing houses today in the snow. Like, who gives a shit? You know, my, my wife's a school teacher. She went to go teach kids today. You know, she didn't see her posting about it. It's called work. It's going to work. It's doing a job. Um, you know, it's, so. I love I love that. I love what you just said because it puts things into perspective. Because a lot of people, you know, they get into this real estate thing. They go get their license. And they think it's like these deals are going to start flowing in. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're not doing the things that are required. So doing showings is part of what's required for you to be in this business. Exactly. So when you say, yeah, my wife went to work. She didn't post about it. I did the same thing. I don't need to post about it. How do you offer value? What I want to know is how the hell did you go from 30 to 60 deals? And what changed where you literally doubled in the matter of 12 months? So I track everything and we're going to talk about organization later. I think that's one of my best um, traits, you know, as a business person. Um, so I always go back and look at, at years past and where the deals came from and where I can get more and things like that. So it was just naturally at a point in my career where, uh, you know, being the age that I am, a lot of people had the condos and the townhouses, the first units outside of mom and dad's house. And then, they got married. They might have had a kid expecting a kid, got a new job, got a raise. A lot of them were, all right, time to sell the first house and buy either the forever home or that second house before the forever home. Uh, so when you do 39 units of first-time home buyers, you got 39 clients to do 39 units. When you have 39 or even half, you know, 15, 16 that need to sell the first house and buy the next house, that 16 uh, clients becomes 32 units. Yeah, because I got it. So every person that also needs to buy obviously needs to sell sort of what I just experienced recently where I had one person who was selling the house. I had somebody walk into my open house. I got to double in that deal and I got to sell and, an, you know, I was in a position and, and I had the privilege of helping them buying their new property. So that one deal really turned into three 
yeah. transactions per se. Yep. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a niche in my office. He does 200 units a year. He's a, he's a mega star solo guy. Um, he should probably be on the podcast and not me. But um, he says every deal, don't look at it as one deal. Don't care about that deal that's in front of you. Care about the five that they're going to refer you to. You know, do right by that client. Make sure they feel like they're the only person that that matters to you. Make sure they get a good deal, whether they're buying or selling, and they're going to talk about you forever. And then they'll yeah. get you five more. So it's it's. I've never had a client use me. Well, I should say never. I try my best not to have a client ever use me on a purchase or sale, and never refer me or never use me again when they need me again. I want to be the only agent that they ever talk to and talk about. Yeah, it's the one in five, one in seven type thing, which actually compounds because. The way you look at it is every client buys, sells, buys, sells every five years, give or take average, right? And they buy or sell maybe five, seven times in their lifetime. So if you're a good realtor and you're in the business that long, you can capitalize on not only that, but so you've got your five or seven there. Then you've also got the five or seven, hopefully referrals all, even if it's anywhere from one to kind of five referrals you get. And that compounds as well. So you do a great job for them. So actually one client can just it's like a multi six figure income if you play it right over over your career just from one person doing a good job right exactly exactly yeah which is what people don't appreciate right <laughs> they don't see the long term game because real estate like people listening like being no doubt there is a shitload of money here like a lot of people struggle a lot of people fail but there is an ass load of cash that you can take. And you just got to be willing, unlike a lot of industries, this is a very long-term play. Like you got to think a lot of people like want two months out. It's like, no, you got to think 10 years out in real estate. Yeah. It's five years, 10 years out and start thinking like how the compound effects work over a decade in real estate. No other industry can get even fucking close that I'm aware of. Like exactly. not. Exactly. But you got to be in it. You got to be in and all in. It's not, it's a business at the end of the day, right? So, so Steve, one of the questions that I have for you is when you change your image from I'm going to party my face off, you know, party hardy, drink Bacardi, smoke a blunt, throw a party. <laughs> I love to go to that phrase right there. <laughs> we are getting a snowstorm this weekend, so who knows? Yeah, that, was, that was one of your better ones. His analogies are usually awful. Yeah, I, I, I got to give it to Andrew. My analogies are pure shit, like 95% of the time. So I got to I gotta keep the ammo coming, you know? What I got to give yesterday this. was not the brightest light bulb in a shed. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> He's got a kid now. He's got the dad jokes. You know what I'm saying? I got I to come equipped with the dad jokes, you know? <laughs> but where I'm going with my question is, you went from, you know, posting, cursing and having the image of, you know, party animal per se, I guess, for lack of better words, because you were a DJ. So I guess that kind of was fitting. Yep. When you changed your image to being professional and you decided to run this thing like a business, how long did that shift take before your audience started realizing that, hey, Steve's really about this and they can see a change and they, the phone call started coming in. Uh, you know, I'd probably say about two years. Um, it takes a while. It's not going to happen overnight, obviously. Um, and the more that you can comment on other people's stuff, um, just to make sure that you're always popping up in their feed. Cause you know how Facebook is, you know, you got 
thousand organic reach sucks pop up all the time so you know it's it's complimenting them for a new job it's complimenting them for having a new baby it's complimenting them for even if they bought a house and they didn't use you congratulations on the new home you know it might sting a little bit but it's just constantly staying in front of people but giving them information that's going to be beneficial you know like going back to showing houses no one cares you're just putting fluff out there and you do that then they're going to look at you in a negative light as well you know, no one wants to see that you're doing this busy work of, of real estate every day. But if you can give uh, informational data, like I post, our board of realtors gives us market stats for the month. So I always post, you know, this is what's going on in our county and the county next to us. And, and that's useful information. You know, it's don't post a picture of, uh, um, you know, which kitchen do you like more with four options? No one cares. Like you have to have a better homes and garden magazine. Like... It post something that's that's going to be relevant and that gives information, gives value, and then you obviously you, you market your your listings and your sales. Um, and I used to do under contracts, but then I realized deals fall apart all the time. Then you're putting it back on the market. Then you're resharing that. Then you, it's just too much clutter, too much junk. So a new listing, post it. A just sold, post it. Congratulate your clients. Uh, I also try to tweak my my just solds. You know, put a little personal note on there. Congratulations, Peter. Uh, brand new dad, you and your wife and your brand new baby are going to love the condo you guys bought. I'm so happy for you both. Uh, you know, little, little Pete's going to love, you know, running around the, the kitchen, you know, so, so happy that you guys got the house you're looking for and chose me as your agent in the trust, you know, or Andrew, congrats on the sale of your house. Uh, you were the highest sale price by $15,000 in the history of your neighborhood. Wow, that's amazing. Good for you. Thanks for the trust. Thanks for the opportunity. You know, it's give a little bit more than just my 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 my, my seller sold a house today. You know, <laughs> put a little something in there. You know, make it make it personal. Make them make them want to see why you sold that house and how you did it, or you know, a, a personal touch to them buying the house instead of just another one sold. And that's my I hate that more than anything. Another one done. Who's next? Yeah. Ooh. Feel like a I feel like that's so important. Who's next? Personal. Who you, McDonald's? Who's next? Stop with who's next. This ain't Starbucks. So when when you're talking, obviously adding personality, adding flair, this rolls quite nicely into your first one, your first topic, which is actually self-branding, which for somebody that has done 95 deals in 2021 and with zero prospecting, working in your database, and obviously your brand is out there at this point, it's obviously something that has now made you a lot of money. <laughs> so let's talk about uh, what self-branding means to you and how, you know, what, what we can do for our listeners to, to get them to increase their branding game. Yeah, so um, for me, I came up with a hashtag a couple of years ago, um, Steve Sell South Jersey, just kind of the alliteration, just kind of rolls. I can walk into any pizzeria bar in the area and someone's going to be yelling it from across the room. Oh, here's Steve Sell South Jersey. You know, it's a joke. We go golfing with the guys. Um but it's it's just embedded in people's heads. So you know, it's um, try to find something that that works for you. You know, um, and and that's going to be a part of your personality, a part of who you are, a part of your area, a part of your service, whatever you can do. Um, and then just I do a ton of client appreciation events, and I'm always trying to stay in front of my clients, my database with that. So then they look at me as Steve didn't just sell me a house four years ago. I do a uh, in, in my town is Duffield's Farm, and every Halloween ish time we do hay ride and pumpkin picking. Doesn't matter if you bought a house from me twelve years ago; you're still invited to that. You and your family get pumpkins, go on a hay ride. We got donuts or whatever. Um, so it's more of just Steve sold me a house, and I was a I was a client to him. Um, you know, he, I'm part of his real estate family now, 
And it's just staying in front of them with that kind of stuff. Um, we did Yeti cups last year with the logo on there. You know, I had some sponsors help me out with cost on that. Um, we've done, uh, bought tickets at a theater for a local play. Um, I, I'm partnering up with a coffee shop soon to do a client appreciation event there where it's come on in, have a cup of coffee with Steve, just let's talk and chat. Um, and just don't bring up real estate. You know, people know what you do. They know why you're there. So if you're constantly bringing it up, you're going to beat them over the head with it. They're not going to want to talk to you anymore. You know, it's, it's the easiest job in the world for people to bring up your profession because everyone wants to know what's going on in real estate. It doesn't matter. You know, my buddy sells life insurance. Ain't no one calling him up. Hey, how's life insurance going today? You know, it, it, no one cares, but everyone wants to know what's going on in real estate. So by staying in front of these people at these events and these touches and these things, they're always going to ask you and then you get to talk about it once they bring it up, you know? You know, it's, it's interesting you say this because Andrew and I talk about this all the time. No matter where you go, no matter whether it's a family function or shit, the hospital. And I, I promise this is a good, good example because <laughs> we just had our little one and the doctor knows that I'm an agent. I didn't bring it up. I guess my wife would have told her over the last nine months when she goes to visit the baby comes, my wife, you know, delivers and she goes, oh, yeah, by the way, how's the market? You know, as she's handing the baby, I, like, I can't make this shit yeah, up. Right? Exactly. Every single person that you talk to has some level of interest in real estate and they will ask you about it if they want to hear about it. One thousand percent. Right? And what you're saying is with your self-branding, the way you're branding, Steve, is what I can tell is you're very client-focused, family-oriented. You have a brand that goes you know, beyond that real estate transaction. You're actually the first person that I think we have on the podcast that's really doubling down and even mentioning client appreciation events um, from the frequency that you seem to do them and of how you actually structure them. So can you give here's, us here's a little a bit? i cut you off just as it popped in my head. Super Bowls in two weeks. Last year, we did, my lender and I did our last 100 clients that bought a house from both him and I. We put in a couple bucks in the pot. I got a couple sponsors, gave them a shout out and an email, and everyone got a block. Last 100 people that bought a house from us got a block. Whoever won the first quarter got a $25 Amazon gift card. Second quarter got halftime, or halftime got 50 bucks, or whatever it was. Fourth quarter, my financial advisors were like, we'll take care of the fourth quarter, we'll give you 250 bucks. Whenever the fourth quarter got 250 bucks. And for what? They got a free entry just because they bought a house from me at some point with me and my preferred lender. They were put in this role block pool. Did the text messages and the thank yous. And then the entire game, I'm getting, oh my God, I hope there's a field goal. Oh my God, I hope there's a <laughs> it was It was great, you know? And I knew Tom Brady was going to win his 1,000 Super Bowl. So I, you know, I'd rather be texting with my clients and have a good time. With COVID, we were locked in. I was stuck with my wife, you know? So it, it was able to engage with a ton of people. And it gave them an extra reason to watch and it cost me pennies and it was just a great way to just touch a hundred people for nothing. You know, and it's just simple ways that you can get in front of people, you know, it's just um, think, you know, there's two things that I want to bring up. Um, it's actually one, your hashtag and your kind of brand and people know you for is Steve sells real estate. Uh, so sorry, Steve sells South Jersey. Sorry. And, What's interesting about that, as you said before, it was like, was that Century, now at Remax, but Steve Sells South Jersey is your brand. Yep. So let's say tomorrow you want to leave and you want to go to KW, for example, it's like, well, Steve Sells South Jersey is owned by you. It makes yep. no difference. Something we talk about a lot 
a lot, a lot is like people actually don't give a fuck what brokerage you're with. They care mm-hmm. about you. Like, are you a good realtor? Are you going to take care of them? Are you going to do a good job? Let tell you this. The brokerage ain't doing that for the client. You're doing right. that for the client. And a lot of uh, realtors have this, um, I guess, this belief in their head that, oh, no, they're coming to me because I'm with KW, because I'm with the best Remax office. There's a small amount of that that's true when you're new and you're on a big team. So you don't have the clout that the team has. That's the only time I'll kind of be like, okay. But when you actually, like yourself, when you started selling 30 homes a year, whatever, like that's plenty where you build, start building your own brand. And then when you walk away and you can do whatever you want, you can go set up your own indie brokerage now. And it's like Steve sells South Jersey and that is your brand, right? Yeah. And then no one can take that away from you ever. It's owned by you. It's your thing, which is, which is massive. And um, yeah, the other thing was going to be, and the irony of this is I've just forgotten it. So it will come <laughs> back to me. <laughs> it was, it was going to be about the, um, the events. Sorry. One of the biggest issues in real estate that we see is people, was it 80 or 90% of people who buy a home forget who their realtor was within a year? And then within two years, they've even forgotten the broker. It's like 18 months. The exact stats, like whatever they are to the percentage and the amount of time makes no real odds. The point is, it's a huge problem. And and yet a lot of them, I think it's like nine out of 10 say, I would use that realtor again. But by the time they want to buy or sell their home again, they've forgotten who the fuck it was. Right. And it's like these appreciation events are solving that problem. And by the sounds of it, you're having a lot of fun doing them. Oh, yeah. You actually enjoy doing them. So it's like, it's costing me pennies. I've grown a big business and it's going to keep growing. Like, you know, you've got a compound effect going here like crazy, right? So you're going to just keep growing. It's going to blow up. It's going to be awesome. Your clients are having an amazing experience. You're having a lot of fucking fun doing it. It's like anyone that's listening to this, doesn't that just sound awesome? Because to me, that even sounds fucking awesome. I'm like, I get to do all the shit, Super Bowl, going out, coffee, hanging out with people, doing all these events that I enjoy doing, cost me pennies on the dollar, makes me money in the long term, and grows my company. I'm like, fuck yeah. I'm in. Exactly. (laughs) I'm in. (laughs) Look at it, man. It's it's a serious business. Obviously, you know, it's people's livelihoods. It's their number one asset that they own. Um, There's a lot of high stress in it. So take that away. You know, make them feel like you're in good hands. You know, it's... People always question your your commission rate and your list price and your you know your intentions on selling them a house and this and that until you can get that trust. And now it's people call me back and it's not even a you know what's this what's that. It's Steve, this is this is what I'm looking for. Take the reins and get it done. And, yeah. and it's, you know it's invaluable. But, but see through your brand, through everything you stand for, through the trust and the relationships you've developed over the years. It, it's evident that you're not focusing on that transaction that's in front of you. You're focusing on the 5, 10, 15 years down the road. So for anybody who's just starting, and maybe they've never done a client appreciation event, myself including, right? Where, like, where would you even start? How do you even go about planning this? How complex or simple do you make this? Can you share with somebody who is an absolute noob or somebody who may have even done this? What you're doing that's successful aside from like the Super Bowl blocks and drunks because I know I don't know a whole lot about Super Bowl. So I'm trying to figure out how to make a client appreciation event that I could actually like execute within the next few months. Just don't invite Gary Vaynerchuk to that 
Super Bowl event. <laughs> it wouldn't go down well. And for anyone that doesn't get that joke, he's a Jets fan. He hates fucking Brady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's you got to know your your community. So know what people like to do. Know what's around you. Uh, every town, you know, suburb town's going to have a park. You can do something for free at a park. Come on out. We're going to have a picnic party. I don't know. Like just Google things to do or, you know, fun things to do. Or think about, you know, if you have a, uh, have, have a significant other, what do you guys have to do? You like to go wine tasting. Call If there's a vineyard nearby, like in our area, there's a ton in Mulk Hill where you said your family's from, you know, um, to set up a happy hour at a vineyard. And you know if you invite 100 people, how many are going to show up? 25, 30? You know, so you're getting the exposure of inviting all these people out. Not everyone's going to come. And then there's, we have title companies that can help out. We have, you know, mortgage companies that can help out, home inspectors. You know, if, you, if you're referring business to a homeowner's insurance rep, he can help out. So there's ways that you can get help on the expense so it's not breaking your bank. But, I mean, you're running a business. You got to spend money to make money. So I would say kind of know what people like to do in your area. Know what your clients are. So we used to do... Uh, there's a local diner that has a sports bar attached to it. And we would do a Thursday night, uh, client appreciation event there. But as the people got older and couldn't, you know, rally the next day to get to work or they had kids and didn't want to go out on a weeknight to, to drink with their agent. And, uh, you know, cause they had kids and I had a babysitter. Then we changed it. We said, all right, this is not working anymore for where our database is. It's more family oriented. So then we switched it over to the pumpkin picking. Um, so it's just knowing what's in your area, you know, if, if you're in Connecticut, I don't know what's big in Connecticut. Maybe it's whale watching or who knows. Set up a set up a whale watching thing. I don't know. Go down in Texas. Go, I, I love it. I love it. Houses in Texas. I don't know. You know, but just know what your market does and what the people like to do. And but know what your database does. You know, know what your clients like to do. If all your clients are your age and you're 30, then then go out to a bar and have, say, hey, I'll buy your first beer. Come say hi. If your database is 40 and they have kids. Hey, let's go to the local trampoline park uh, and I'll sponsor two hours of it or whatever. You know, it's just know what's in your area and what you have accessibility to do and make relationships with the business owners. They're going to want to, you know, refer you out to the people that they know. Business owners obviously know a ton of people. So use, use your connections to help out with pricing and rates and availability. And then they're going to promote you on their social media pages too. I love it. Now, for anybody that's listening, is how do you have those conversations about getting sponsors? What do you say to them to get them on board other than, hey, I've done a whole lot of business with you. Uh, pay up, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I oddly hate asking anybody for even my lender. And my lender, I give them Same. 30. That's why I'm asking this question. <laughs> I'm like, so like, do you want to kind of maybe kind of do this? Um, you know, just put it out there. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll mass email sometimes, you know, five or six different vendors I work with. Hey guys, you know, um, appreciate all the, all the support that we're able to give each other back and forth over the years. Um, you know, uh, I'm putting together whatever coffee at, at a, at a local coffee shop. If any of you guys want to jump on board, anything that you could do to help, uh, is appreciated. Thanks so much. Um, you know, and obviously I'll give you a shout out in the, formal invite that goes out to everybody. Um, what I will say um, is only use one person in the field though. Um, I know a couple of agents around my area, they'll use two title companies or two lenders or whatever in their sponsorships. And I feel like that's just kind of bad business. I feel it's a little tacky. Um, yeah, it's going to cut down on your cost, but if you're asking someone to sponsor something, they should be the only person in that field 
Don't have two divorce attorneys. Don't have two estate attorneys. Don't have two title companies. Just just give one per per event. And then your next event, let the other one sponsor it. And then when you send out the invite, copy them on the invite and just say, hey, thanks so much to Andrew, the home inspector, his generosity. He's worked a lot of you guys over the years. He's helping us out, you know, with the you know, with you know, sponsoring. You don't gotta say he's you know giving me money, just say, you know, sponsoring, being a part of this, whatever. You know, Peter are is a great divorce attorney. You know, shall any of your friends, because I know you guys all have great, you know, <laughs> relationships, but you know, should anyone ever have the need for his services, you know. You make sure you think of him because he's, he's, you know, a big part of our business and why we're doing what we're doing today. The irony of that analogy being that his second child's just come and his wife's there. Divorce attorney, Peter, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is why I have the headphones on, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, and by the way, you might not have known this, but we've already helped over 100 agents cross over $100,000 per year and up in GCI with our predictable and scalable systems. So if you're interested in learning more about our courses and coaching to help you scale your business to six figures and beyond, then head over to go.eliteagentsecrets.com.